Let's start this podcast off with a question. Have you ever felt like you haven't had enough time for something? I'm pretty sure we all know the answer to this question. And the fortunate or unfortunate reality, depending on your circumstance, is that you probably do have the time for it. This week, we dive into the art of time management. What is it? Why is it so important that we implement it into our day-to-day lives and strategies we can use to shave off wasted time throughout the day? Time management. Jumping right into it so we don't sit around rambling and waste any time, let's start with a definition. Time management is the ability to use one's time effectively and or productively. Now, I want to start out on this differentiation because it's going to be important as we dive into this episode. Looking at the key words in the definition as effectively and productively, time management has nothing to do with crunching a mess of a poorly planned schedule into a faster process. No, 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 and no. This common misconception is seen time and time again, where the idea of just doing the same thing faster or at a more rapid process saves time. In practicality, yes, doing something faster saves time, but all you are truly doing is opening the front door and greeting stress with open arms when the problem can be solved with a much simpler process. Let's start with a story to exemplify the idea of time management before we elaborate on it. Once upon a time, there was a corporate executive who took a vacation to a small Costa Rican seacoast village. He was strolling along the docks, taking in the atmosphere, when he came across a fisherman with supreme quality catch. The man asked, How long did it take you to catch all those fish? Not very long, answered the fisher. An hour or two. Then why didn't you stay out longer and catch more? Shrugging, The fisherman explained that his catch was sufficient enough to meet his needs and those of his family. The executive asked, But what do you do with the rest of your time? The fisher replied, I sleep late, go out on the boat for a little, play with my children, take a nap with my wife in the evening, I go to the village and see my friends, I play instruments, sing songs, and dance. I have a full life. The executive said, Well... I have an MBA from Harvard, and I'm sure I can help you. You should start by fishing longer every day. You'll catch extra fish you can sell. With the revenue, you can buy a bigger boat. With the extra money a larger boat will bring you, you can buy a second boat, then a third, and so on, until you have an entire fleet of trawlers. Instead of selling your fish to a middleman, you can then directly negotiate with the processing plants and maybe even open your own plant. You can ship your fish all around the world and move anywhere you want to create your enterprise. How long would that take? asked the fisherman. Twenty, perhaps twenty-five years, replied the executive. And after that, when your business gets really big, you can sell the stock to make millions. Millions? Really? And after that? After that, you will be able to retire. Live in a small village near the coast. Sleep late play with your grandchildren, catch a few fish, take a nap with your wife, and spend your evening singing and dancing with your friends. The moral of the story isn't about investing in the process of achieving wealth through business practices, 
but how the implementation of proper time management allowed a self-made man to achieve success in his life and live the way he desired, stress-free. Time management refers to making the best use of time as time is always limited in any situation. In Fisher's case, it was the time allocated in his life, but for people in a more practical sense, the rule of thumb still applies and can be carried over into our everyday lives. Now, with all this being said, the question of, well, what are some legitimate time-saving strategies I can use to make the best use of this limited resource? Well, after careful consideration and evaluation of effectiveness, I have narrowed it down to three approaches to best allow you to not only save the most optimal amount of time, but to also help the flow of your time seem more smooth and productive. Point number one. Treat your time like it's an actual finite resource. Believe it or not, there's only 24 hours in a day, and yes, when the day ends you have run out of time. People treat time like it's something that's plentiful and abundant. Procrastination is an excellent example of this. Understanding that time is just as limited as the money in your bank account will allow you to create something called a time budget. A time budget will allow you to sit down at the start of your day and distribute your resource, time, into whatever areas it needs to be allocated into. School, work, studying, social hangouts, doing hobbies, exercising, you name it. As you begin to spend your limited budget, you realize time isn't as plentiful as you may have thought it was. This will not only allow you to operate at a much more optimal pace, but it will make you question how you distribute your resource, having to now consider priorities that take hold over others. Point number two. This one isn't as much of a strategy as it is a wake-up call, but still holds just as much, if not more, relevance than other strategies. What is it? Breaking the bad habit of checking your phone 24-7. I'm sure most of us can relate to the fact that our phone might be one of the most important things in our lives. You wake up, you check it. You go throughout your day, it's in your pocket waiting for you to use it. You go to bed, you keep it right next to you. The real problem lies in not understanding how much time is being wasted sitting on your phone, clicking through Snapchat stories, scrolling Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you name it. Truly understanding that you won't remember 99% of what you just scrolled through 30 seconds after you close the app. I like to call this trashed time. Now there's not an actual definition because I made the word up, but the word translates into doing something that is only being done consciously or subconsciously as a response to a situation you are in that brings no practical or true value to your life other than instant entertainment that will be forgotten shortly after. What I'm trying to get at here is you might not understand how much time is being tossed in the trash compactor because you refuse to put down your phone. Last point, minimizing interruption. Now I don't think I need to go too far into this one because I think the point is painfully clear, but I want you to imagine this. You are going on a road trip to see your friend who you haven't seen in years and you're very excited. You quickly realize when you leave your house that you lose service on your phone. You stop at the gas station to connect to the Wi-Fi and text your friend how excited you are to see them. You keep driving and quickly realize that you need to respond to yet another text message from your friend. So you stop at a nearby gas station and connect to the Wi-Fi. 
you proceed to do this for the next eight gas stations all the way to your friend's house. You arrive an hour late and your friend is very confused why you kept stopping to text them while you're explaining why you're late. Now you're probably thinking, that's ridiculous. Any normal person would have just texted the friend before they left that they're going to lose service and that they will be there soon. They would be fine for the rest of the whole trip without unnecessary stops and yes, you're correct. Any normal person would do that. But apply the same analogy to trying to do homework, with the homework being the road trip, your phone being the gas stations, and completing the homework being your friend's house. Now when you're driving to see an old friend, you're very excited to see them, and it makes sense to get there ASAP. You're on a straight road, in a car where distractions are limited due to the nature of having to drive the car, compared to sitting at home doing your homework where distractions are abundant. The same principles apply. It would seem utterly outrageous to keep having to stop doing your homework to continue texting your friend rather than just saying, hey, I'm doing homework, I'll text you later, from the get-go, so when you're done with the homework, you have saved a sufficient amount of time in the long run because you didn't keep taking your focus away from the task at hand. You can now use that time to continue the conversation with them. Look. Time management might sound scary to someone who's never really planned anything before, but it's nothing more than eliminating wasted time throughout your day and redistributing it into areas you would much rather have it in, so you can do what you want to do. Once you stick your toe in the water and plan your day to day, you comprehend how much you can achieve in 24 hours, a week, a month, or even a year. You'll never be able to go back because you now understand the overall importance and necessity of managing your time. Thank y'all for joining me on today's episode about time management, and I hope to see you on next week's episode.